Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 42, a very special episode indeed. My name is Suns Fan, joined as always by Cinderman, and our guest today is Gork. How are you doing? buddy i'm doing good man i'm doing good how are you doing great how's life for you these days my friend life's all right i mean my mood goes how my pop goes so today was a decent day so my life's pretty decent right now that's great how does it feel to be the streamer with the best hairdo in in dota scene for sure oh really oh thank you i usually get made fun of for my hair uh no, no. no i don't know about that <laughs> no i'm not even i'm not, not memeing do it? at all that's yeah. the whole point that's the I whole don't point. I think it does. It's beautiful. Cinderin, how are you doing? It's been like two days since we've talked. Yeah, man, I'm, I missed this. I'm so glad we're back, Shannon. Uh, Good. I miss <laughs> your voice every day. So it's really great to hear it again after such a short time. That's great That's to so hear. That's so sweet. Yeah. Uh, so the it's way that we alive. do guest episodes, for those that don't know, it's only been a couple episodes since we've had a guest, but <clears throat> we start off with a quick rapid fire initiation for you, Gork. This is a okay. very important part of this, uh, the episode. Then we'll talk about your life. And then we'll have a trivia session at the end between you and Cinderin. Winner. Oh, is, uh, it, is it kind of like a battle, a competition or something? It is a competition. You get nice. nothing but okay, pride, yeah. though, wait, for winning. Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't know about this. Does Cinderin know the answers or something? Am I getting screwed over here? I have Cinderin. never known. Have I won? I've won twice if this is rigged. once or something, right? It's not Okay. Rigged. At least you've Cinderin lost once. I almost I don't exclusively know. Who, did, who did you lose to? Sorry. I lost to Shiver. I think I won sheep? against everybody oh. else, right? I lost to I no. Know. I lost to Blake. I lost to Blake. I don't. Okay. I don't keep track Man, of this stuff. Nobody cares. <laughs> anyway, rapid fire initiation, okay. Gork. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna give you a choice of two things, and you pick which one it is, just quickly. Okay, off the top of your head. Are you oh, ready? Shit. Are you ready? Yeah. Alligator yeah. or crocodile? Alligator. Jupiter or Saturn? Saturn. Joker or Magneto? Joker. Cake or pie? Pie. All right, you failed. You have failed. <laughs> yeah, that, was so, that was perfect. Pie <laughs> is, is the, so much uh, better than cake. What are we talking oh, about? I hate this pie. Is the, Come on. This is the shortest episode we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thanks you for, you Thanks for coming. Thanks for yeah. coming on the show, Gorg. Bye. Okay, that's, that's the icebreaker. So what I want to talk about is, well, we'll get into your streaming stuff, obviously, but tell us okay. what your life was like early on. Just give us like a synopsis or a... A Cliff's Notes version of what it was like to be young baby toddler Gork. Toddler, we're going that far back, huh? Well, whatever you want to talk about, doesn't matter. Did you ever get over that? Or Being a toddler, baby, yeah, still baby mode. <laughs> I'm sure I'm half your stream will say you're still a baby. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Dota brings it out of you. No, but uh, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of grew up a little bit less, like a maybe like a class clown a bit when I was a kid, actually. I was very outgoing and stuff, and then uh, I became a little bit more of a nerd in my later years. Oh, when I was like twelve, thirteen, I guess. But I always liked games a lot. I played a lot of games. I watched my brother a lot. He played like tons of games. I was so like envious. 
I used to sit behind and watch him, kind of like how people watch me now, I guess, you know. And he let me play for like one hour a day, even though my dad bought me the PC. So uh, it wasn't even his. So <laughs> I was just being bullied. But he's nine years older than me, so what can I do? That was pretty much how I grew up with games. That's the that's the original streams, right? Watching somebody else play physically. <laughs> yeah, your older brother. So uh, before we get more into the gaming side of things, did you ever, before you got into Dota or anything like that, did you ever have a job, employment history, or university, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I had some odd, straight jobs, but overall, I would say I uh, my main thing was before I started streaming was like uni. I went to industrial engineering uni for like two years ish, a little bit more. I also went to uni for like random courses like history and stuff before that, uh, but nothing really stuck with me. I was gonna stick with industrial engineering, but then you know, streaming kind of took over. Mm. Okay, and this is in where Sweden. Sweden, yeah, Gothenburg, Sweden. So, so have you nice. just lived there your entire life, pretty much? Yeah, I've lived there my entire life, pretty okay. much. Born and raised here. So, I remember in your stream, in the like the text. I don't know if you have it anymore, but the under stream text, it mm -hmm. said, "Don't ask me about university." Why was that? <laughs> well, uh, it was kind of confusing whether or not I wanted to actually admit that I I had quit uh, university. Okay. But technically, I'm on a break. I could come back. I don't know how <laughs> they would like it, but I, I could maybe come back. So in terms of the early games, you talked about how you watched your brother play. What specific games mm -hmm. are we talking about here? Oh, my brother played a lot of uh, Counter-Strike at all. Oh. And a lot of other games like Jag the Lions, a lot of Diablo. I love those games as well because I grew up with them. So uh, PC then games. He went, yeah. yeah, PC games, PC okay. games. We had, like, I played consoles a lot too. I kind of forgot to mention that. We had an NES and then we had a Nintendo 64. Mm. Played a lot of like GoldenEye and... Random ass games on that too. Wait, you Mario had an Kart. NES? That must have been like the end of NES. Yeah, it was right? my brother's NES, so it wasn't mine. Yeah. Like I played a couple games on it. I was the Nintendo sixty four generation for sure. Like yeah. uh, that was my shit. And then and what's the dude, best I played game so of much. Nintendo sixty four. I think if I remember, best game of Nintendo sixty four for me, I think it was just Mario Kart. Honestly, classic. Okay. Yeah, I played a lot of that. I didn't have a lot of games to be honest. Like I know there was a lot of cool games. I had like. Mario Kart, and I had like Goldeneye. I don't remember any other games I had, you know. I don't Not know Super why. Mario 64? That one. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did have that me. too. I did have that one too, yeah. That's that was pretty fun, but I think I was too stupid to understand what I was doing, so I don't think I ever completed the game. It was, was just relatively around. challenging, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mario 64 yeah. was not an easy game. So. Yeah. That's fair. It's interesting. I went from NES to SNES to PlayStation. I never had the N64, actually. Oh, did I have PlayStation, PlayStation too? PlayStation was. PlayStation, I think, was my favorite console overall. Like, PlayStation 1, I don't know. I had so many games. Like, yeah. Resident Evil and shit, that was so good. It was really good. Did you like okay. the remake? Yeah, I played it on stream. It was actually fun. Uh, mm -hmm. I liked Resident Evil 7 even more, though. Like, uh, the newest one, I guess, out of the thing. That one was really fun. Okay. So, tell us how you got into Dota. How far back does this go? Oof, uh, this one goes far back. I played way before All-Stars, even, but I was a kid then. Really? Uh, so wow. yeah, I played, I played, uh, because my brother's friend played Dota. So I started playing with him a bit. Uh, he's a lot older than me. Uh, I used to create these lobbies and say like, okay, I'll pick pros only. And then, you know, obviously there's <laughs> pros like, only. Just like an eight year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, Pro. nine years old. pros only, man. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I never really got serious. It wasn't, wasn't really that serious. I didn't join any leagues or something. I was a kid. 
Uh, but I, I have a lot of fond memories of early Dota. I used to like, uh, when I was, we were vacationing down in Greece and stuff, I used to sneak off to the internet cafe and play some Dota and stuff. That mm. was fun. Damn. And internet cafe. So if you played before All-Stars, do you remember yeah. a map called Tides of Blood? Have Ugh. you ever played that one? I think I don't remember yeah. much from before All-Stars, uh, okay. honestly. I don't remember Tides of Blood, at least. Right. Not. There were some like Dota-style-ish maps at that okay. time, right? I was just curious because it's, yeah. it's a map that I think few people remember, but um, it, I think for many people it was the gateway to Dota as well. So I was just curious if you had played that too. Okay, okay. maybe. I, I don't remember it uh, so long so, ago. So you played Dota before All-Stars, which by the way, I don't think we've had a guest that has been that far back yet. Um, yeah, that's then all that's stars comes cool. out like did you not play regular warcraft that much it was mostly the mods no i, I never really on into the rts genre of games a lot like i never got stuck for normal warcraft i played a little bit but i think the 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 it was so punishing playing like ranked right away i feel like people were so good and i was like mm -hmm. fuck it and i played like other games instead like i i started with custom games watching my okay. brother play i think he played dota before me so i just kind of latched so then, on i'll take us through the all stars uh time frame until dota 2 comes out what what were you doing then gaming wise <laughs> uh, i did a lot of stuff i think i spent a lot of time gaming so I, I wouldn't say it was dota mainly even for most of my uh childhood or something like that i definitely played like dota uh a lot and then i switched to um then the then it was a lot of counter-strike in between everything and then the almighty holy grail world of warcraft which consumes all time forever <laughs> came out and that like consumed me for i don't even know so many years i think i played uh, vanilla tbc wrath i played super actively and then i quit uh i played all three and then i kind of went back to heroes of new earth full time i didn't yes. I, I did yeah i dabbled a little bit in the garena dota like uh before heroes of new earth in between like that but yeah then it was heroes of new earth all in basically eight hours a day every day i love that game it was so great in the start <clears throat> And then I kind of got a little bit sick of it. Dota 2 came out. Didn't really look that good in the start of Dota 2. Like, uh, pre-TI 2 or TI 1, I played a little bit. It looked, looked shabby compared to Han. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to switch. So I stuck with Han. Then after TI 3, I was like, fuck it. I'm going Dota 2. I'm done with this. Han was kind of dying. Han was dead. <laughs> yeah, it was dying He was in the basketball bit. arena. He was one of five. So wait, when, <laughs> when you started, let's go back a little bit. Because uh, yeah. I forgot that you played Han. So back in mm. the Han days... When did you start? Was Ice Frog still on the team? It was basically the first. I don't year remember right? if oh. Ice Frog still was on the team. I was no, I was way early, like way before the release of the game beta. And oh, stuff. okay, so yeah, Ice Frog was still there. Yeah. Then. So that yeah. game for me, and this could be nostalgia speaking, that first year is still for me considered the best game of all time. It felt yeah, it was it, great. I think it was more the transition from regular Dota. And all the little things, you, like, yeah. you didn't have QWER. Uh, obviously, the biggest thing for Han is the quick turn rates and the super low latency and being able to reconnect to games. Like, it had all this stuff that no other game has ever had. And that yeah. game just felt ungodly. It was so good. And then they shit all over it with uh, <laughs> their terrible heroes and terrible choices in general. Um, what yeah. was your favorite hero in Han? My favorite hero was my profile picture, Monkey King. Uh, when he came Ooh. out, he was so busted, like, obviously. Uh, but before he came out, it was like Chipper and Nomad were my two favorites. Oh, I love those. Uh, yes, yes. A little bit of the OG heroes. And then um, Master of Arms as well. That was one of the newer heroes. He was also great, I think. Great design. So Monkey King and Han, was he Monkey King and Dota? Or was that a different no. hero? This totally is a different, different hero. Okay. I've never explain what, game, explain so what he did real quick. I don't even remember, honestly. So basically, he had like 
15 different mobility skills, it felt like, but he had like a double <laughs> auto attack. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like voice spirit, honestly. Double auto attack. Yeah, double voice spirit ulti. He could use like two voice spirits ulti, so that was very similar. Then he had a vault, and then he had a, with a stun with that. It kind of depends on which patch it is, but yeah. Basically jumped around a lot in a fight, did a lot of damage. A lot of, kind of, yeah, I mean, it was, was a mix between Monkey Ping and Voice Spirit, I think. Actually. When they started coming out with some of those heroes that were, like, if you pay, I can't remember how they did it, but if you paid whatever it was, you got to oh, play yeah. them for the first two weeks. And, mm. like, when I think of Master of Arms, I think of No Tail, because he was just shitting on everyone with that hero competitively. <laughs> yeah, he was a beast. Uh, back was a in beast. the day. Okay, so Dota 2 comes out. You're not super into it right away. I mean, I was kind of the same yeah. way. I was kind of split between Han and Dota 2. And then I ended up. I think making... I played some Dire Tide. Yeah. Oh, I dire dabbled okay. in the Dire Tide. So that's I like went into Dire Tide and then I went. Yeah, then I went. So that was your gateway, was Dire Tide. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think so, actually. Okay, so take us through uh, your early Dota 2 days then. My early Dota 2 days. Hmm. I don't know. I just played. I grinded some pubs. Uh, I think I went to school meanwhile. It wasn't really that serious. There wasn't any ranked. So usually when there isn't any ranked, I feel like there's not a lot of incentive. But I just did it for fun. I played with a friend or two. Uh, just basically a social thing, it felt like. Not so mm -hmm. competitive for me. Then when did it get competitive or more competitive? I guess when ranks came out and then I was like, oh shit. I got top 50 pretty fast, I think. I was like, yes, I feel so good now. So yeah, that was pretty much, as soon as rank came out, it became pretty competitive for me, I guess. And I always wanted to be the best among my friends, I guess. So there was always a little bit of competitiveness. Like I always mm -hmm. felt like I need to be better. <laughs> so yeah, I tried still, even though there wasn't any rank. See, living in the U.S., it's very easy for me to be better than my friends. But in Sweden, I imagine there's a little <laughs> bit more competition. Would you say that that's an accurate statement? Well, I guess you haven't met my friends. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They're great. They're great. They're great. Can I just say, uh, this is completely unrelated. I just realized the picture in your background, the painting on the wall, it yeah. really looks like S4. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. I, I just, uh, I you know just who realized. It is? I have no idea. It's probably S4. It is, actually. Mm. <laughs> Like Bruce uh, Lee James or something? Uh, oh, no, James not even Dean close. from uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. Do you know who James Damn. Dean is, Cinder? He doesn't watch. Cinder doesn't watch movies, so uh, it's old movie thing. Very old. I know. I know another James Dean Shannon, but we'll talk about that another yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever okay. I say that, my chat, my chat's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you get into streaming? Uh, I don't know, it just kind of came... Well, first off, I kind of met Sing randomly. Sing Sing. Uh, we kind of met randomly in some custom games sometime. We kind of quickly started like playing a lot of games together and stuff. And I, I didn't really start streaming right away as soon as we met. like I played with him for a while and people started noticing me and asking me to stream a lot. Mm. I felt like, ah, fuck it, it could be something fun to do while I do university. So it wasn't really anything serious. Uh, after a while, that was like a six years a month, uh, six months a year after playing with Sing or something. I just like, okay, I'll try streaming, and then I don't know, I kind of stuck with it since then. And then two years later, you were like, man, university could be fun to do on the side while I'm streaming. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually way faster than two, two years. I felt like after a few months, it's like, yeah, I'm prioritizing <laughs> streaming over university now. Kind of. Have you skipping a lot of classes? <clears throat> we talked about your favorite Han here. What about Dota? Favorite Dota hero yeah. hmm. by design or by choice? Like, uh, give us like both. I maybe they're different. Uh, no, I think Morphling is one of my favorite heroes. Like overall, I think he's so versatile and stuff. Uh, there's a couple other heroes that I think are amazing, but I, I can't really think of it at the top of my head. But I, th I think Morphling, like play wise and the way he's like made, is very cool, very mm -hmm. unique to Dota and 
there's a couple other ones that are really cool. I just can't think of them. There was one more. We talked about this the other day with a friend, but I just forgot about it. But yeah, Morphling is really cool. So you start streaming, and yeah. what was it like early on? You're just doing it for fun, like you said. How yeah. long did it take until you're like, hmm, I'm pretty good at this, mm. or I like this, or whatever the thought process is at that yeah. time, or when you start getting viewers and whatnot, mm-hmm. that you can actually make this a yeah. full-time thing? I don't know. It just happened gradually, I guess, gradually growing every month. And uh, when you see progress, it's kind of hard to stop, I guess. So I, I think I was lucky. I don't know if I, if I didn't see a lot of progress, if I felt like I was stagnated at some point. I felt like, okay, maybe I'll just go back to uni and quit or something. But I, it always went up a little bit every week, every month. So it just felt like, all right, let's see where this goes, I guess, pretty much. Okay. And So mm-hmm. if I can just build on this with the streaming. So I think for a yeah. lot of people, they remember you from the start on Sing Stream like you talked about. Yeah. Then at some point, Sing Sing kind of, I don't want to say had enough of Dota because it's not like he doesn't mm-hmm. play or stream it anymore, but he went from being full-time Dota streamer to being like more variety, variety streams and a yeah. more like chat interactive more than focusing on the game, like a little bit more of a classic Twitch streamer, if you will, or whatever. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, did you guys kind of grow apart? Because I remember you, Sing Sing and Bamboo were like really tight. You guys were playing a lot yeah. together and you were streaming it and Sing was streaming it and Bamboo was streaming it. Like all three of you were streaming. You're like this click. Mm. What happened? Do you still play with them? Do you still talk? Or is it kind of like just... This, I think uh, it comes on and off in periods, I guess. Me and Sing haven't uh, really played for a couple weeks, months now. But every now and then we reconnect. I would say we probably grew apart a bit. Like we spent a lot of time together. I feel like mm-hmm. we felt like we we spent spent an entire summer like you know 16 hours a day playing like these Civ and Total War <laughs> games and everything. Like after a while, you're like, all right, you know, you, you maybe grow apart a little bit. You know, maybe some salty Civ games. You know, still sitting, still <laughs> 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 memories of that. Nah, but uh, really, I think I think overall we're still like friends and stuff. It's just like you know, you can't force hanging out or something like that. What about right. what about with Bambo? I remember this. You have this picture. I think it's still maybe your pin picture on Twitter of the three of you I think, in I think China. It's Bambo's I, think. I don't have that. Oh, is it Bambo's? Okay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Was that was he like third wheel or was it like? Uh, no, no, no. Bambo, the... Bambo, Bambo is tight. Me and Bambo are good. We talk every now and then. Oh, so you're actually just, talking to him night... more now than Sing? Yeah, maybe, maybe he has a night shift on Twitch right now, so we kind of don't uh, oh, right. we mm. don't uh, bump into each other so much anymore. But yeah. For sure. And we're all so, friends still. I th- yeah. Yeah, so I was just going to transition further into your streaming career so far. Um, yeah, sure. How would you say, maybe this is a better question, what have you learned about streaming that you didn't know before that you wish you did, if anything? Hmm. Yeah, is that's it a good question. skin type thing? Because that's, that's a very common answer, right? And I, I yeah. think we can all relate on some level to that for sure. Mm-hmm. No, the, the thick skin type thing. I think, um, I think I don't know. I think uh, what I learned, I don't know. I made it, kind of, I think I learned that I kind of, you kind of have to, if you really want to be success, successful at something, I learned that you kind of have to be obsessed about it. Like you kind of have to make your life revolve around it. Uh, and that's a quality that I learned from streaming and that I'm going to keep with me my entire life. Like, whatever I want to do and whatever I want to do well, I will just do it with my entire heart. And that's what I did with streaming as well. So I think that's what I learned. That's that's a good mentality. You just I think the, the thing that I've come across uh, through my experiences, basically, I would echo the exact same thing you said, 
except mm. try not to get burnt out either. You need to. Oh yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I haven't really learned there yet. Like I'm on the <laughs> limit, you know. Sometimes I'm like, am I burning out? I don't know. You know, right. <laughs> like fuck it, let's stream today too. You Changing know. Changing sleep schedule twice a week. Yeah. No, no, no. Once every two weeks, Sinrun. I am yeah, not well, that it bad. Used to, it used to be twice a week. It, <laughs> it used to be pretty bad. It, yeah. <laughs> so wait, why does your sleep schedule get so fucked up? Just because, just from streaming late into the well, night? Well, okay, I have many theories. But one of them is that I have a condition. I don't know if this is a condition. I just Googled something. But some people have sleep. <laughs> some people have like 25-hour days instead of 24-hour days. So I feel like every day I want to go to bed one hour later, no matter Dude, fucking what. Me so and just you. shift it. Yes, that's exactly the same. Yeah. As I have to change my sleep schedule all the time as well. Like, I yeah. when I go to sleep, I never want to wake up, and when I stay, when I when I'm awake, I never want to go to bed. That's how it always. Yeah, feels. yeah, exactly. Yeah, this that's the only reason it fucks up all, every all the time. It's so annoying. And how I, much sunlight do you get in in uh, in Sweden? Because there's certain uh, well, times I, of the year I don't get no any sun, at all. Right? I have these, I have these, I have these blinds here. Like, yeah. uh, they don't let in anything. It's pitch black. I thought you were going to say they never move either. <laughs> they don't move either. That's so, nice. Uh, that's yeah, nice. it's completely dark. I'm isolated. now, nah, but I, I try to get a little bit in the morning, uh, like five minutes on the balcony. But yeah, uh, in general, in Sweden, it's like three, four hours of sunlight a day now in winter times. So it's not a lot, honestly. Kind of have to. Do a lot of people take vitamin D pills in Sweden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty common. I have some vitamin D pills. I finally started taking some vitamins. I don't know how much they actually help, though, but hey, do they? At least I hope they help better than nothing, I guess. Placebo, something if nothing I have, else. Uh, yeah, something Maybe. I've heard about these pills, for example. So I can say a bit from experience because my girlfriend is from southern Germany, right? And she moved to Denmark. And there's a really okay. big difference in the amount of sunlight. Uh, yeah. I think supposedly the thing with vitamins is that they. I cannot say this with confidence, okay? But. I think it has a lot to do with how you grow up. So if you grew up in Sweden and you, you, you're used to having low sunlight your whole life, then it's okay. different than if you grew up in Italy and then you suddenly move to Sweden. You're like, holy shit, I have a deficit, right? So yeah. I think for us, it doesn't matter as much and it won't have the same impact. But I think other people that move north from the south really experience yeah. big differences if they don't have the vitamins. So I think for you and me, I would totally believe that you're like, I'm taking them and I don't really tell a difference. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, like Sh like Shannon said, it's kind of placebo sometimes as well with stuff like that. So yeah, I think so. If it works, it's great, right? Like whatever the reason is, that's, yeah. that's awesome. So cool. So going back to your streaming stuff, would you say this is kind of a hard question to actually answer? But would you say that you're surprised by your success at all? Like obviously, uh, yeah, you, sure. you started streaming and you weren't. That wasn't your goal to become a streamer, right? So in no, that sense, no, no. it's a surprise. But based on your experiences sure. recently. Would you say that it surprised you in any way? Oh, yeah, of course it surprised me. I never, every day I'm surprised, honestly. So I'm grateful and I'm surprised. I don't, don't really know what it is, but as long as people like watching me, I, I keep streaming, I think. Would you say that the success has changed you in any way, positive or negative? Mm, maybe a little bit negative. I feel like, I think it's Dota that's changed me a bit, honestly. Like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I, I am, I believe it or not, even though you, there's compilations of me hitting my keyboard or whatever, you know, I'm not really an angry person at all. I never get angry in real life. The only time I ever get angry is playing like video games, uh, <laughs> like, like competitively, you, you know. You're the same person. Yeah. What are you talking about? I get mad at everything. I about everything. <laughs> I guess. I'm like, even even like if, if it's kind of like people get mad at traffic, I don't like, I don't get mad at traffic. I don't get mad at anything. Like, it's just Dota. So I guess I, negatively, I'm a little bit angrier, but. Yeah, it, but have you driven through LA traffic before, Gork? Come on. No. All right. 
So you don't know the true meaning of traffic at its worst. <laughs> Do you live in LA? No, thank God. Oh. That's the reason I don't live in LA. The worst of the worst. <laughs> okay. Good Lord. You literally walk faster than the traffic sometimes. But uh, no, that's cool to hear. I, I, I get this vibe from you. I don't know how you feel. Everybody probably has a different sense of who they are as a person. But you feel, to me, you've always felt very humble uh, mm-hmm. as a personality, which isn't always the case. And I think everyone's goal as a personality is to come off as humble in some respects. Does that make sense? Because it doesn't look good if you're a dick, right? Or yeah. just like super confident or too cocky. But would you consider yourself a humble person by nature? The most humble of all. You can't answer that question, Shannon. No, I That's can't. a bait. <laughs> it is. A, no, it's not a bait, but just not nah, a bait. Because some I people don't I think feel, humble, I feel like you know? I, I feel like I go between phases. I feel like sometimes I feel very entitled. I mean that. I think that's a little part that gets out every now and then streaming, you know, you get irritated and you feel more entitled than you should be. But overall, I feel like I try to keep it as chill as possible, at least yeah. not get my ego big as a balloon or something. Well, I think if you something imagine, that's... Hmm. imagine hmm, this is also a thought experiment, hard to answer, I guess. Okay, imagine I'm you stream, imagine you yeah. stream for a week without ever looking at chat. Do you think oh. that would humble you more or make you more cocky? I don't even know. I honestly... Like, what uh, do they I'm trigger a... in you? Do they make you feel really good when you do good stuff and they talk you up? Or is it like they really keep you grounded when you make mistakes? Like, what sticks for you? The they most? really make me grounded, I would say. My chat is really good at keeping you grounded, no matter who you are. <laughs> if you're the best player in the world, dude, you missed that one CS. Oh, my God. You're done. <laughs> you're getting lulled to end, to no end. But, yeah, overall, like, overall, the, the thought experiment of not having a chat is so weird. Like... Sometimes I get mad at chat, you know, and I close it because like, okay, I'm already mad. I don't want to get mad or reading some stupid comments mm-hmm. or something. But then I realize, oh shit, I'm so dependent on my chat. I can't like, I can't stream without it. I talk to them all the time. Like, I'm just sitting here and playing. What the fuck am I supposed to talk about? <laughs> Usually in very intense games, you know, like, but I just don't know what to do without my chat some, sometimes, honestly. So yeah, it would be interesting trying to stream without it completely. Uh, I don't know how that would work. Do you have time to even watch other streams at this stage? I mean, I watch a little busy? bit, but it's all. It's, I don't sit there and watch an entire stream or something. I can sit and watch 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes it feels like work too, because I'm like, oh shit, this streamer is doing this, you know, like he's doing this with the, his graphics or the games he's playing. Maybe I should try that, you know, like then it feels like I'm kind of working, you know, in a way. So it's not that relaxing as it should be. So I usually stick to YouTube when I try to like relax before bed or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because going back to the work ethic that's needed to survive in a business like this, like I can speak mm. from my side, I have to literally work in some respects seven days a week, like literally all year round. I, I have yeah. not taken a day off in like since I, we started Dota Cinema, basically. Like maybe uh. some days I've only worked like an hour or two. Like it's not like it's super stressful on those specific days, but having to have access to your phone to check Twitter to make sure that you're not missing like an update that comes out or something crazy. Do you think that that long term, like you, you said you're at your edge in terms of burning out right now. Are you keeping it at a fine line or you yeah, going to go ham until, so. it, until you break? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, you tell me. I don't know, dude. I'm you know. and your future <laughs> Yeah, I'm perfectly fine. You just gain a bunch so you, of weight. That's about it. You know, no. Big okay, thing. that's what happens when you burn out. I've already gained a bit. I'm wearing, I I weighed myself today. I weigh 79 kilos. I've never weighed that much in my life. Shannon is like, holy like, shit, that's the dream. I don't know what 79 <laughs> kilos is, but I'm sure that's very like heavy. one nine, nine 170 pounds. 
170? Okay, well, yeah, yeah, I thought 180. So. How right. tall are you? Something like that. 180 as well. What's 180? 180 so centimeters. 5'11 and a half, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we're like almost the foot. same height. We're just like... Six foot, yeah. Okay. Six foot cool. sounds better. Um, yeah. Okay, I wanted to talk about one thing, because you were saying this before we started recording, that asks you literally anything. And I don't think you're okay. going to have a problem with this one, but because uh, we did talk about this briefly on the podcast, and I, I came out very... Um, What's the best way to put this? I was impressed by your your transparency. So you, I forget the guy's name. You're gonna have to tell me. But you did like an online psychiatry thing, basically recently, yeah. right? T- take us through how that came about and what the experience was like for you. Well, I feel like, um, well, I was friends with. So it also, I'm kind of friends with Recful a little bit. We we talk a little bit on uh, Discord and stuff. And then I saw he did this thing with um, Doctor K. He's called. He's like a Twitch psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Psychi- how do you say that? Psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. That was easier than I thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he's a really cool guy. He like uh, he like helps people online usually, like uh, Twitch people. Um, but I was one of the first. It was me, then maybe Recful or something like that. I mean, Recful then me or something like that. So I felt like I don't know. I need to I need to talk about my issues in an open way. And I was kind of afraid of doing it on stream first. But I felt like this could help a lot of people if it went. Uh, like I think I shared a lot of the same problems as other people, uh, so it would be good just to talk about it on stream. My life is pretty open. I'm pretty open about my life. I feel like it would be weird to keep a part secret or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, the guy is great, uh, and uh, I was maybe experiencing a little bit on the edge of burnout. You know, I kind of like a little bit confused of what to do, like insert, like how to feel when under a lot of pressure from myself mostly. So yeah, it was uh, it was. Very fun talking to him and uh, eye-opening, I'd say. Did you? Would you and say I, it helped you yeah. at all? I think it helped me in the right path, at least. And I think uh, a lot of people, uh, it helped other people, at least what they told me, that they also could relate a lot to it, which is great, I think. Better than anything I could hope for. What would you say? So when we had this talk, Shannon, I said, this is something, if it was me, I would not do it that way. Like, I'll just be open about that. I would not stream something like that personally. No, no. Uh, but, like, yeah. but like I said, it's not for everybody, and I completely support and respect your choice to do it. What would you say um, to people that are of the opinion that you should never stream something like that? Like, that it's bad, that it's public. Like, this is your private life. You need to keep it separate. People should not interact with this part of you. Like, what would you say uh, about that argument? I think it's personal, and I would also disagree that I don't want to use the word "never" use uh, do mm-hmm. something like that publicly. I mean, my, it wouldn't. I would agree completely that this is probably not the best for to help me individually, like doing it publicly like that. Mm-hmm. But the service it does to the people that are watching is more valuable. I feel like so they get a lot more out of that's, it, which that's I think fair. is good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, overall, mm. I watched a good portion of it, and it was really good, actually. I. I honestly went in kind of skeptical because mm-hmm. I think if you look at it from the outside, it looks like a PR stunt. Like you can understand that. Yeah. But after watching, I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is as personal as it gets. And yeah. kudos to you, my friend. Because I think one thing that we lose as personalities sometimes, like I take pride in being very transparent, but most people can't be transparent. Like it feels like it, they got to separate something from you know their public lives versus their personal yeah. I separate one thing always, no matter what. I feel like it's only fair. And this is this is one thing I will say. I don't think it's ever a good idea to talk about this publicly if you're a streamer. I think it's really bad talking about 
relationships and stuff, especially if they're in the early stages and stuff, I think it can become really toxic. And it also, a lot of uh, windfall comes on the other person if you happen to break up, which is horrible for that person as well. So one thing I don't talk about a lot are like uh, relationships, you know. Yeah, there's a couple of streamers that come to mind immediately when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we're talking about the same person. Uh, I think so too. Let's transition over to your your streaming for OG now. How did how the hell did that happen? Uh, I I don't know. It's kind of like uh, happened out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. Just got a banner. <laughs> nice. You know, they just Ooh. like here's the money. No, but uh, I don't know. Me and uh, Seba Notel started talking like kind of like uh, casually, and uh, I mentioned the idea, and they were like super into it. Uh, it just seemed like a really good fit for both of us. Like I was looking kind of looking for an org, you know uh and they were like hey dude let's try it let's go for it it was kind of spontaneous honestly nothing like super planned we before the berlin trip we were we announced it uh we decided like two weeks before that we're gonna like all right let's try it it's very spontaneous and i think it was uh, good for both of us i hope so like i understand that there's probably a lot of like contractual stuff that you can't talk about but if you can like Mm -hmm. be vague or whatever what's I think to a lot of people when it comes to these streaming partnerships, the expectation that they have is, oh, okay, person signs with org, they use their banner, they use their ads or whatever, or their sponsors, yeah. and then they get a return investment. Like, what's in it for both parties here? Like, what's the what's the goal hmm. of this kind of partnership? Like, I understand if you can't be specific. Yeah, about it, I'm just but... trying to be as specific about it without like being stepping on anybody's toes, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, I would say it's a cooperation between. Uh... I don't. I, th- I think we want to create like a win-win situation for both of us. Like uh, we want to create the situation where they get something cool about it, where they can reach out to their fan and fan base, and I get something where I can provide content that like didn't exist before mm-hmm. and help my brand as well. So we're like helping each other's brands, I guess, in a way. Uh, so yeah, we're both getting something out of it. I, I noticed off, after the announcement, at least, that you got a lot more viewers. So yeah, there, was absolute, there was a direct return there. That I think I remember you said, I think it was on that stream, you were like kind of blown away by how yeah. many viewers you had after that announcement. It was like you almost doubled your numbers on the first stream. I think you had like 25,000 people watching your stream. Yeah, it was crazy. And then when you cast an OG game, you had like 50K with Toby, I think, or whatever it was. That was yeah, kind of record-breaking. I don't think we've ever had a personal streamer have 50k viewers on anything ever in dota yeah uh, i can't that remember that ever happening so that was that was something that was quite something yeah i was honestly very surprised that it happened and i'm super like happy about it uh that it happened too i guess i don't know it was fun okay so i i want to talk about a couple things <laughs> uh we're gonna kind of bounce back and forth here because i don't know where to fit these in exactly so not this is not the end of the podcast, but I do want to ask: What does the mm-hmm. future look like in your eyes for you specifically as a streamer? Is there anything that you're working on that you can talk about? Is there any burning goal that you have? As fast as possible. I'm, I'm ready to burn out. Thing. Ready to burn out. Get fat. You know, yes, like whatever is needed here. Yeah. So I'm what do you have? I'm working uh, on it. What What are your goals? Maybe that's a better way to. That's, I think my goals are to, um, like. Uh, work on myself a lot i think uh where i feel very happy i I feel like i'm very fortunate doing what i'm doing like it's uh, something i love doing but it also stresses me out a lot so i want to find more balance in my life i guess so finding some more balance while also uh trying new things more like uh i don't know like for instance if i wanted to try some irl streaming like why the hell not you know just try some so i think in the future i want i just want to try some new stuff you know Maybe some OG related stuff. I don't know. We've we've talked about things. So casting, streaming, opening the blinds. I think that opening could, the blinds. That could <laughs> get first it. Yeah, first that, that would be a legit stream right there. What about uh, 
have you ever thought about casting like with like in a studio uh, or anything like that yeah I, it's something i would do for fun but it's not my main passion driver goal by any means so it's not something i not something i would pursue but hey doing something for fun like for a ti or major like something that could be a fun experience to do sure mm-hmm. but uh, yeah so this is a new this is a topic that we definitely want to talk about with you Okay. The, your thoughts on streamers uh, streaming tournaments on their own? Because we haven't gotten to talk to. I mean, mm. I guess Cinderin's a streamer, but he doesn't really stream tournaments ever. And there's always this. Not very much. Technically, it's no, okay it's... by Valve's book. Like that's not in question. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's good for the scene when a personal streamer like yourself or Bulldog or anybody is streaming yeah. a tournament? I mean, you understand the, di- the the dynamics behind this, right? So give us yeah. your thoughts behind it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, uh, like me and Bulldog, well, especially Bulldog has been doing it for a long time. Uh, I think it's very confusing because I think out of one 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 perspective, I feel like maybe, uh, maybe for the tournament tournament organizer organizers, they aren't so happy if their sponsors are very dependent on viewerships on their own streams. Like maybe they get less money in the long run. So I guess that's uh, that could lead to bad things for the scene, I believe. But also uh, from like uh, my perspective, I'm also providing content my stream my my stream wouldn't watch otherwise, and promoting Dota in a way, whereas maybe I wouldn't uh, and do something else instead. So I don't know. It's it's good for me, I guess, in a way. It's good for the people that are loyal to me, and I'm I'm still promoting Dota in a way, but maybe bad for specifically the tournament organizer organizers in the long run. I'm not really sure. Like there weren't a lot of talks about this. I feel like the talks came after that 50k viewer stream you were talking about, Sinran. Mm-hmm. I feel like then people started mentioning it more, like, yo, is this okay, actually? Uh, I don't, that wasn't even a tournament, to be honest. That was just a qualifier. So I, I don't think that, yeah. So an, an argument that's... that's often brought up when this yeah. talk is there about, like, streamers or private streamers versus tournament organized streamers is that a lot of people say, well, guess what? If the majority of people or a big chunk of people are watching the primary or the, the private streamer, your content yeah. isn't good enough. Like you should have mm-hmm. done a better job making a better production setup, having better commentary, having yeah. like, more hype around your tournament. Is that yeah. like an assessment you agree with? Do you think if the tournament did a good enough job that you would like be competed with harder? Or do you just think you appeal to a different like market segment that like you said maybe just wouldn't watch the game at all if you weren't streaming it like if you could give like a percentage like just ballpark how many viewers yeah. do you think are theirs that you take or whatever mm-hmm. and how many yeah. would you watch what do i you think, think we can look at the the most uh, recent example with we play i think they did on like i watched a little bit of that but i heard overall they made an, did an amazing job with the tournament uh they did recently and uh, there was a lot of hype around the stream, and they had a lot of viewers. Like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I wasn't even close. Bulldog wasn't close. Nobody was really close to their viewers. And I think, I mean, that itself is testament to show that it actually matters what you do with the production. And right. uh, I, I, me, me, and all of the other streamers that kind of streamed some of the games, I didn't stream all of them, obviously. Um, we didn't even make a dent in their numbers, I think. Not a big enough. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I take a, a big percentage of their streamers. I, I wouldn't be able to give you an exact number, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. I don't think it's that bad for them. Did they so the, approach the examples you at all? Were... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We played, the, we play, uh, well, yeah, they kind of contact me a little bit. And, like They didn't force me to do anything, but they say, hey, if you want to host a stream afterwards, you can do that. That's cool. I said, yeah, sure. And so I did that after my streams, uh, if I ended before them. Yeah, I think um, Weebly did a good job and they got the good numbers. I guess that's where we were. So okay. it didn't really matter that much. So 
so question is when does this art matter I, I don't know actually what people want to what they want to do about it if they want to do anything about it i think so, there's a lot of opportunities to like uh, they could reach out to me or anybody and if the problem is maybe sponsorship sponsorship exposure and stuff like uh, an open dialogue and communication with private streamers would be very good i think on their part and tournament organizers part to maybe expose their brands on my stream if they really wanted to do that uh, if that's the main issue for them so i think there's opportunities yeah. at Isn't least there are some issues with that but as, i mean i can't speak for you since you're with og but wouldn't there be conflict of interest if you're putting overlays yeah. for you know whoever team you're a part of versus the tournament organizers like yeah. that's something that's, that's brought up you, by a lot yeah. of people right yeah, that's why I'm not allowed. No, I'm not allowed. I don't even stream with any sponsorships on my screen. But if if I were, I, w I was not allowed to show any while streaming games like that. So mm -hmm. yeah, but I could, for instance, put theirs on if there's no conflict of interest with OG. Let's say, like there are, there are possibilities at least. I think in a way, it sounds surprising or... that that hasn't been tried, right? If you're if you're yeah. a tournament organizer and you're pitching to sponsors and you're like, these are the numbers we're expecting, or these are the amount of tournament games we're going to have and whatnot. And then you include as part of your package, we have a partnership with Gork for this tournament before you signed with OG, right? Because that obviously changes the dynamic quite a lot. They have their own sponsors. There can be zero conflicts whatnot. Yeah. I'm just surprised that that wasn't... I thought they would have at least contacted you guys and tried to work something out. Because it's in everybody's interest, right? You will make some mm -hmm. extra money because you get to promote their sponsors. You retain your viewership. And they can now sell that well, as part of the package. I, actually, sounds I like can't that. see the upside from a streamer's perspective at all for that. What's the point? Because the money. whole idea is or, that... Well, if the they Valve get to okay with they this, get right, they will get paid well, for promoting sponsors, right? So oh, if you're you saying the tournament the organizer has to pay for the streamer to do, yes. yeah, of course, exactly. Yeah. So let's say you have your tournament organizer and you pitch to sponsors or whatever, and you're like, we also have Gorg as part of the deal, and then Gorg obviously gets a cut, right? But then you can guarantee much higher numbers, and at least like, especially, I think it's especially a no-brainer when. Uh, some of these tournament organizers, what they have done is that they've hired, like, let's say, tier two casters or bedroom setups, like not true production setups to cast qualifiers. If mm -hmm. the pro streamers or pro players or uh, private streamers, whatever you want to call them, are doing it anyway, that could have been, instead of having that setup, you could have cooperated with them, right? They're broadcasting the game yeah. anyway, and they're dwarfing your numbers. You drew the comparison to WePlay, where they have amazing numbers because of great production, stage setup, all of that. The online qualifiers have none of it. Right. That's why yep. you and Bulldog are a great com so, competitor a, for that. From the tournament organizer right. standpoint, I can say firsthand, not everybody has money to spend on stuff like that. Right. Right. Because you're not making money usually on these tournaments. If you are, you're not much. So there's it's not like you have but a surplus of money that you can spend on doing stuff like the that. The question is, is if you could have pitched yourself a better deal so you could have had more money if it was part of the pitch originally that mm. the big streamers were part of the package, right? It's just right. it sounds like something that hasn't been tried and then in the end you're just like you know, damn these streamers taking our numbers. <laughs> no, that's true. You know, it's, you, it's more of really a, yeah, after the fact, you're trying to, you know... You know what the playing field is, right? You know what the rules are. Has there been any public outrage from tournament organizers yet on uh, private streams? I feel like there hasn't been a lot. Some well, public? Like, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. There was a point when ESL Maybe were DMCAing Bulldog, right? That's Oh, really? I think that's oh, a year yeah, and a half right. ago, and that's why Valve made the rule they did. They yeah. clarified, they made the very clear guidelines because they were like, well, this is our content. And then Valve said, no, your content mm. is the audio, your content is the video, but your content is not ah. Dota itself. So right. the games are free for everybody. Right? So again, I, so. I under, like, 
right now it's very black and white on what is allowed and what's not. So this isn't a discussion about yeah. you know if some if you're doing the wrong thing or bulldogs doing the wrong thing. It's more is this healthy for this scene because you know I I'm a man of many projects in Dota, so I can understand perspectives on each uh, in each side. And I think the yeah. tournament organizers, depending on who they are, obviously some are immune to this, but they can definitely struggle as a result of uh, streamers streaming their games. But at the same time, Sinner does bring up a good point. If you're pitching that early, like before the tournament's even uh, conceptualized, then maybe maybe you can find more money if you include the streamers yeah. to begin with, which is definitely possible. But it is Dota, so we'll talk <laughs> about how healthy the game is as a whole in a bit. Uh, before we get into like the DPC stuff, Gork, I want to talk about the patch. Uh, not this, just the over 7.24. Is it 7.23, mm -hmm. actually? Whenever they introduce neutral items and okay. outposts and whatnot. What do you think I'm of the so patch? Disappointed that we're, I'm just so disappointed that it wasn't called 8.0. Like, is, yeah, what, is 8, what is 8.0 going to be? It's going to be like upside down maps and flying fucking <laughs> Five uh, lanes. creeps. Like, what's, what's going to happen? Like, they, they set the bar so high now. Like, I don't know what the 8.0 is going to be. But yeah, I think the patch is fun. Uh, I think, uh, like you said, maybe it has effect. The, like you said, the health, the, the, what do you say, the health of the game? No, the, what, sorry, how did you put it? How alive the game was? I'm not sure how you said Sure. But yeah, but I, I don't remember yeah. what I, I maybe it has affected that a little bit. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit harder to get into now. But overall, I think it's fun. Uh, there was, there, I'm glad they're tweaking a few a few things. Like in the beginning, it was completely RNG, and now it's a little bit more fair, and it's fun. Overall, I uh, think it's good changes for Dota uh, in the long run. I like that they they have the balls to take some risks too. Honestly, like it's I, needed. I agree with that. Now, did you have this initial reaction when it first came out? Obviously, you say it wasn't uh, as balanced, but yeah. like, what was your reaction? Was it a positive or a negative? <laughs> I'm honestly not very close-minded. I was so sick of the other patch, so like any change, I was like, let's bring it on, <laughs> honestly. So. I mean, that makes sense because you played Han. Like, I, I'm the same way because i very open-minded to changes like anything crazy. Like, if they added mana bars like they had in, in Han, I'd be fine with it. Obviously, you have to rebalance certain yeah. heroes, but I'd be perfectly fine with that kind of stuff. All right, I'm just um, shooting this out there. Concede button. What are, what are your stance on both of it? Okay, both of your this is a very interesting topic. So, I have a good <laughs> analogy for this, okay? I think, and everybody thinks this of themselves, I think I'm a very good uh, judge of whether the game is going to be over. Ah, uh, okay? Yes. But, so let me let me transition this to the United States driving with, I guess it could be any country, driving with your phone out, okay? Mm -hmm. Some states in, the, this in this country... This is the most absurd parallel ever. Yeah, this yeah way, I'm trying to connect here. Some states, it's illegal to do it. Some states, it's not. Mm -hmm. I am very confident that if I am uh, talking on my phone while driving, I drive just as well if I'm not talking on the phone. And the reason for that... Wasn't there studies done on that? Though? <laughs> yes. Okay, sorry. But yeah. Well, the reason I say that is because <laughs> I literally <laughs> drive with one hand normally. So this hand yeah. is never used on the steering wheel anyway. And if I'm on a com okay. having a conversation, there might as well be somebody next to me having a conversation as well. So it's like I'm driving with one hand and there's somebody next to me talking. That's equivalent to me talking on the phone, in my eyes. But okay. having said that, I understand that most people, and I've seen this firsthand, they suck dick at driving with their phones. <laughs> so for the, betterment general, of society, <laughs> for the betterment of society, I will concede the fact, no pun intended, that talking on a phone should be illegal while driving because most people can't handle okay. it. 
In Dota, most people cannot handle a concede button. I would love to have it because I know I would use it uh, properly. I would not abuse it like it was abused in Han, but I don't think most people can yeah. handle that. Yeah. I think I'm a bit <clears throat> I'm a bit on the fence because I think kind of like Shannon, a lot of people would just jump to oh fuck it, we lost we lost two lanes, <laughs> just surrender, you know, like give up. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time it will definitely remove good comebacks, but then you kind of need to look at like the big picture. Okay, how many comebacks are there relative to how many games that like how many minutes of people's misery do you save? It's yeah. awesome to make that incredible comeback, and it's also annoying to sit through loss after loss where you're like 10 minutes in this game is fucking over, and then it takes 30, mm. right? Um, I think if you ever were to make an experiment with concede, I think all five players in the team need to want to concede. I believe in League of Legends, they have a concede system where if four people concede, the game is conceded. Mm. I would never vouch for that in Dota. I think it's terrible. Because if there's one guy who's motivated to win and has a good game and has a win condition, it's super frustrated being that guy. Like, you know this. You're having a great game. You're winning your lane. You're super farming the carry. Your other lane suck. And you're like, don't worry, guys. I can carry this. You're just like, no, fuck it, man. I don't I want to leave. I don't want to play. Yeah, well, even but if it's being that, that fifth way, guy though. is terrible, there's Imagine no way. Imagine being that, that fifth guy and so. you're the one that's preventing it from being conceded. How bad do you feel that your entire team. Like, you don't think it's going to be toxic at all? Like, it's going to be super toxic. Mm, there's a I lot could, of pressure I could, on you. I, I could definitely exactly. see the problem in that. But at the same time, there's also a lot of glory if if you do motivate people to play and you win, right? Like, mm, in a way yeah. that kind of is already there. Like, whether there's a concede button or not, the mentality is there. It's like, sometimes you have a good game and you really need to, like, babysit your entire team. It's fucking kindergarten. You need to convince them that, <laughs> you know, you can still have fun with this toy. And all of them were like, no, this toy fucking sucks. I want to go home to mom and dad, right? But... You, you can you can do it sometimes um, what do you so think, I, I feel like I feel like that mentality is already there to an extent yeah but no I, I agree with uh, what both of you said kind of like uh, it's uh, the problem is that people wouldn't be able to handle it well I feel like too uh, I, I think the idea isn't bad but I think it's maybe too late now uh, mm-hmm. I think it would save a lot of misery but it's it's too late it's too late people are too used to it. two people set in their ways if uh, someone wants to hold the game hostage by destroying their items and Saying I'm done, they're gonna do it anyways. Like, uh, so yeah, there's there's arguments for and against, but I think overall for Dota right now, it's just not not for the game. But over, but if I were to start a new MOBA right now, maybe I would, maybe I would add a concede button simply because it saves a lot of time for some people. Uh, yeah, having it right away would definitely make more sense than adding it this yeah. late into the state. But if it was in Dota from the start and it got yeah. taken away. I think people oh. would feel the same way about it, right? Yeah, like the reverse experiment. I mean, Every I pub would be an NA pub. I don't know if the <laughs> games are the same for you guys, but when it feels like it's over for me, which at this stage, I like I said, I'm a pretty good judge when the game is over. At this stage, it's just over for you. At this stage. <laughs> it, take, it feels like it takes 20, 25 minutes for the game to end sometimes. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah. That's the I, biggest I hate all, the time. As a streamer, though, oh, my God, I hate it. When people don't know how to end a game, and I'm like, they're suffering. I'm like, this game is over for 20 minutes, and you know, like, I'm just, I'm just sitting there, like, you know, what am I supposed to talk about? Whatever I talk about will sound defensive, you know, and like, uh, oh, or fake, you know, oh, guys, let's try, and you know, there, you know, there's an anti mage with a, like a 19 minute month of fury, and you're like, yeah, oh, he's gonna farm two more items before he actually clicks the button, right? Okay, so, so yeah, what I want to do. I think there's a bit of a span there, Shannon, as well. Like, I think the lower skill of the game, the longer people take to end because they make more of those like game-defining mistakes. So I think this is most people are at my skill level or lower. 
I will say that. Yeah. A vast yes, majority. Absolutely. Of course. But like there, there's like, it's clearly a ladder, right? And if you're at the top step where people are really good, they're generally really good at, I think in very high skill uh, or in like the, the upper classes of, of MMR, there's more willingness to give up, I think, for the right reasons. Whereas yeah. the further down you get, people give up because of just, I'm not saying we're sacred. We're not. Like there's plenty of people that just yeah. fucking tilt and they're like, fuck this game. I don't want to play. But a lot of the time, it's just like this realization of we know this game well enough that we can tell we're not going to yeah. win this. Let's give up. Go next game. And a lot of the time, people are just like, you know what? Yeah, let's just give up. We lost. Like, so the, that's, that's, that's it. A concede button so that's could a good be added when you make it to a more. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't think that would be good. I, I don't um, think it was a terrible idea, though. I think you're onto something. If they add the concede button, I think for like kind of how they don't have rank goals for 7.5k plus MMR, they could have it for concede button for 7.5k. That is. You'd, Actually, That's a small enough pool that where you, where it would be acceptable for everybody. Like I don't think anybody would object to it basically at that MMR because yeah. people kind of know each other and stuff. So yeah, but the the further down you get, the less yeah real reads people will have on the state of the game and whether it's winnable or not, and also I just agree. their ability to win. Right? There's like these ridiculous screenshots you see of throws sometimes <laughs> where I'm like, this is actually just genuinely impossible. This couldn't happen, but it does, right. and that's. Also, I think a big part of the reason Valve don't want to do this concede thing is that, well, the evidence is right there. You see these amazing comebacks, and it's it's stories, right? It makes people talk about yeah. the game. It's memorable. That's what's fun. Like, I don't think there's anything more satisfying in Dota than pulling a big comeback. You oh, just feel like the good. king of the world. But you know? is like, it worth the hundred of ga- like one hundred games of getting stomped? Right? <laughs> that's the question. So that, right? That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's like this greater good thing. Like, what's what's the balance? You know, cell phones, Cinder. So, cell phones. You understand the analogy I, now, huh? I get thought it. I was an I idiot at first. No, I I'm didn't say sure. that. I just said I have no idea how this is going. Okay, I want yeah. you guys to pick one thing you would change about Dota. I'm gonna start, even though this might not be the top of my list, but okay. because we're on this topic, I think it would be great. I do not understand why the fountain is so fucking weak. Like, I understand that you guys at this higher level don't have to deal with this as much. I've had games, <laughs> doesn't happen that often, but I am literally in the fountain for 20 plus minutes and they're farming us. Why does the fountain not do a shit ton of damage? There's almost no benefit. Like, yeah, you get to occasionally, if somebody's diving to try to get the kill, you can come back and, you know, make some turnaround, whatever. That happens a small minority of the time versus the camping at my level again. That's what I would change. I would make it shoot out. I'd actually do this in the mod that we're making. Uh, multi-shot. <laughs> it does true strike now, and then more damage than it does. That's global range? or No, no not global. <laughs> <laughs> not yet, at least. Wow, what a fun game. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's just fucking dead all the time. What would you guys change? One thing. I would change... Uh, well, this is a small thing, I guess, but I, I don't know. Why the fuck Doom can have ice armor at level 1? I just don't understand. <laughs> the most oh, game-ruining yeah. thing in the world. Like, please, change it. It's been I, so long. Very specific. I actually right? think, apart from... So most people would pick, like, remove techies, right? Because that's, like, the classic yeah. answer. You hate the hero. I actually... I fully agree. I think Ice Armor. Oh. Ice Armor is yeah. way too lane-deciding. <laughs> and Doom, Doom is a concept in many ways. It's just so random. It's like, you counterpick this guy with Batrider, and you're like, I'm going to destroy this guy in lane unless he finds a Purge Creep, at which point he can just free farm. Like, this, yeah. the dynamic is really weird with, with that hero sometimes, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, either yeah, ice ice armor is definitely the biggest sinner though. That one is fucking. I've seen yeah. games where I'm just like, you know, this lane was unwinnable, and he found ice armor, and now they're <laughs> winning the lane. Like, what is this? You know? So, yeah, it's not yeah. fun. I like that. That's also a pet peeve of mine, to be honest. I'm with you. Yeah. You need with a new armor. one, Cinder. You can't take his, and you can't pick techies uh, either. 
That's a uh, okay. What else? Um, I think I would like overall. We've we've taken a bit of a step in that direction. I think Dota has got too many forced objectives overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you Heroes go back, yeah, yeah. If you go back a few years, we only had Roche, right? That was the yeah. one shared objective on the map. Then you got bounty runes, or well, you got power runes. Obviously, we had power runes as well. Then at, for a while, we had two power runes, or we had a. Didn't we also have like no? That, it never happened, but there was some talks. Never mind. Uh, so we had like we have power runes, then we got bounty runes, then we got outposts and shrines. Like there was this like the map was getting cluttered, and mm-hmm. I was just really happy when they announced we're gonna move, we're gonna take away the outposts from the side and move them in where the shrines were and remove those. I would like to see probably even less forest objectives. I wouldn't mind if there were less bounty runes or if they spawned less frequently, uh, so that there's a bit more freedom in the game and you don't have to always like check back in you know it almost feels like you have this kind of stamping card that you need to go back and stamp your i am here at the boundary rune i'm still present in the game like yeah how about letting people be a little bit more creative like okay in this game we're not going to focus as much on this or you you know you can have different strategies uh in part it's why dota has felt a little bit more streamlined whereas like a strategy like split pushing has almost vanished right like true mm-hmm. split push strategies don't really get played anymore because you have well, to those travel you have to contest boundary runes. You have to contest outposts. You have to be able to reach Roshan, right? So that's kind of an aspect of Dota that a lot of people granted. A lot of people hated it. They thought Rat Dota or whatever was stupid. I thought it was very frustrating to play against, but also very beautiful to watch. Like, it's a very high skill and complex way of playing the game. If and you're not playing in like, the game, it's beautiful to watch, yeah. I, I mean, you're not being split right. pushed on. Sure. Very beautiful. I mean, it's, it's part of the game, right? Um that kind of gameplay has kind of disappeared, and I think it could make a comeback if we have slightly less forced mechanics. So I would like well, to see that. Well, if you really want split pushback, I think they need to revert some change with the boots of travel. Having two TPs is not... You, you can't split push first. That. It's almost yeah, impossible. that's another thing. Because hmm. you could yeah. argue, well, it goes both ways, but it doesn't really, because no. the town portal scroll only goes back. Yeah. So the aggressive team doesn't have two TPs in the same way necessarily mm-hmm. when they're splitting. So, yeah. Interesting. That's okay. true. So before we finish up with the DPC stuff, uh, last question for Gork specifically. What do you think the future of Dota is going to be like? Do you, do you think it's headed in a positive direction? Do you think it's kind of capped out burning and out. it's, well, yeah, you could say burning out completely, or is it kind of stagnant and it's in a decent spot, but it's not really going up or down? I think it's at a decent spot, not going up or down. I think people have the conception that it's going down a lot, uh, but I think uh, viewer numbers on tournaments and stuff show that it's pretty much the same as it always was, uh, always was. And there's a lot of hype around them still. I think if they want to keep the game alive, have a bigger, active, more active player base, I think they need to make a bigger. Like this has been said a million times, obviously, but they need to make a bigger effort at getting rid of smurfs more diligently, account boosting, none of that stuff. Like they have to, they have to cl- sweep. It's pretty clean for to have a future of growing the game, but that's gonna be kind of hard. I think the player base itself is pretty healthy, though. I think a lot of people that like Dota are into Dota basically almost for life, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. At least I, so I don't think it's as bad as people. A lot make of the people it. that watch don't play anymore as well. Right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't know if that's an issue or not necessarily. I mean, it is an issue on some respects, but do you think bringing new players in is kind of a problem right now because the new player experience just doesn't exist? Yeah. So? yeah. It's a huge, huge problem. What do you think they can do I, I honestly, that? I talked about this once before. I think that's one of the reasons Han died as well. Like, uh, these guys just blatantly boosting and smurfing was so big then too. Like, how do you get into that game then? I don't even know. 
how to get into Dora now when there's all of that stuff. There's a lot of other barriers of entry, obviously. But that one bothers me the most because I feel like if they made an effort, they could they could do something about it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There was this uh, there was this suggestion I saw posted recently, which I thought was really interesting. I'm curious what you think, mm-hmm. where um, they have this idea of a lot of the primary reason people make Smurfs or boost accounts is to play ranked, right? Like they want to yeah. get a second chance at getting high MMR or they want to just make accounts to sell them or whatever it is. Uh, there was this suggestion that when you are a new account, there's two pools you can play in. You can play in the transition to rank pool where you it counts towards your progress so that you can get into ranked. And there's a pool that's just for fun. It's a fun pool yeah. that doesn't progress you to ranked. Okay. The primary incentive for Smurfs would be like you would... I think you would take out a huge portion of the Smurfs in that pool because they can't obtain their goal by playing those games. And yeah. all the new players that just want to, you know, I want to check out what Dota is like. I want to play with beginners that don't know what the fuck they're doing. They would yeah. be more likely to play in that pool because I'm just having fun. I don't really care about getting ranked because I don't really know the game yet. And then the Smurfs can kind of have their separate pool where they very quickly climb up the ladder. And then or... these beginners get to play for fun and then get in. I mean, yeah, what or, do, you think? do you think this is a good solution or a good idea? It's a, it's a decent solution until the Smurfs realize, oh, fuck, I'm only playing as other Smurfs. I'm going to go in the kiddie pool and wreck them there instead. That's way more fun and better for my ego. Right. But, do you but think, I think it's, it's a strong? decent idea. I think it's a decent idea overall. I don't think it's going to be that bad, what I just said. But yeah. Uh, I definitely I think, think there will be a fraction of people that do that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people Smurf just to fuck around and destroy people and be like, ha, this is fucking funny. These guys are Say so this. bad, you know? But uh, <laughs> like, even imagine if you just cut out half the Smurfs that way. Yeah, in that I think pool. it's that's good already idea. it's an improvement, right? Like, and then maybe I'm I'm hoping Valve come up with something even better. But when I saw that suggestion, I was like, hey, that's that's not a half bad idea, you know? You play for fun yeah. in that, and then because right now when you make a new account, correct me if I'm wrong, to play rank you need to play a hundred hours of Dota, right? Mm-hmm. And Tons what people do is, well, I have to play, so I might as well, you know, you you play the games and you. You can't just pretend to be bad. Like, I mean, you could just fuck around all 100 hours. What most people do is just play Dota, right? And it's fun yeah. to win. It's fun to destroy people. So for those 100 hours, they trash beginners, and then they get to start playing ranked. And those are the yeah. 100 hours that you could kind of cut out, right? Yeah. Uh, those 100 hours, or at least split them up a lot. So, yeah. Okay. Would be interesting to see something like that. All do right. you have a better idea? <clears throat> I guess... Better idea? No, yeah. I, I don't what know. would you I do? Like... Well, for, I like that idea. The the having two separate pools is great. I think hire a couple fucking interns, you know, to click and sit the ban, to click the ban button. I don't know. I don't feel like it's impossible. <laughs> you know, that's, no, just hire a few interns, honestly. But uh, no, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Maybe just like show that they're putting effort into it as well. Like with uh, like a- taking serious action against it. I think they've done it a little bit in the past. But I think there needs to be more, especially against account selling in general. Like, uh, I think it needs to be perma ban instantly, etc. But yeah, well, that's we talked about this on our last podcast. They they banned a forty thousand people recently. But yeah, I, was I don't. Saying I that, heard. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I heard that number was fake and inflated. Like a lot of the bans were uh, inactive accounts and stuff. What I heard. Uh, so, so I, I don't this know. This was kind of the is. point I was bringing up with Cinder in last week. Is I would like okay. to see more details of what the 40, yeah. like 40,000 is just a number. It doesn't mean anything to me. It could be, like you said, it inactive doesn't. accounts. Like what percentage of those were Smurfs versus people that were like scripting or something like that or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Like those numbers mm-hmm. mean nothing to me. So I want more details yeah. personally. But we'll yeah, see. Yeah, same, same. I don't know what, what they were either. Uh, I don't speak from facts, but yeah, I would like to see as well. I'm not sure. 
All right, so let's transition to the DPC. Cinder and I discussed most yep. of this, except for the last part that we'll talk about, but what are your thoughts yeah. on the changes for the upcoming post-TI-10 era of DOTS? I think overall, uh, I've talked to a couple of pro players about this too, because I was curious to hear their opinions. Uh, they've been on my stream a little bit too. Like, uh, uh, I think overall, the overall feeling about it is that it's good for Dota in the long run. But there are some glaring issues they need to fix before they actually release this. Like, uh, the distribution of points is ridiculous. Are we just talking about the entire thing right now? Because I have yep. an entire, like, rant. No. Okay. By all means, so, right the way. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of want to paraphrase. So I, I, I just uh, took the time to bring it up. So I, uh, this is an anonymous pro player or whatever that wrote to me that's on, in one of the top teams in Europe. Just I just wanted to say what he said, uh, just to so I don't get my facts wrong. But he said... Um, like, for instance, if they get fourth place in the European League behind top three of the team, th- some of the top three teams in the world, you know, like, for instance, Secret OG Enigma, which placed, uh, they placed fourth, first, and second last year in TI. So if they get fourth in that European League and uh, then they uh, go to the major and get, like, top six there, because, yeah, getting top six in a major after getting fourth in your league, that's great, right? So if they get those great results, which you would consider great results, they still get less than the first place in South American League, uh, the first place in the South American League in terms of the DPC points. If they get last in the major, so it doesn't really make sense how the points are distributed. Uh, like it's just not fair to you can't have this global distribution of points. It doesn't make sense, and I think it's going to promote a lot of teams to move and stuff. Uh, which I don't think is good for the scene. I don't think it's good like having three European teams in SA top the top the bracket top the, um, the the charts you know uh i don't think the people there are going to be happy about that at all and i don't think the people are move just i think to so i i don't i'm just play devil's advocate i i don't disagree yeah. with what you're saying but i think no. short term obviously it's going to suck ass doing all that stuff you just said but long term if you have teams moving to south america mm. it's better for the scene don't you think because then technically no. all regions would be more evenly skill distributed no, Over this time. is only true if there's a constant influx of players and a constant like growing scene. Which, like, yeah, it's Dota is maybe growing. There's coming new players, but it's not like we have like a constant stream of new players, up and coming teams, and motivated teams that get motivated by money. I don't think that's that's how it works. Like, uh, I think some regions are capped. Some regions are growing faster than others. I don't think we can say that for sure. If we give more money to a region, they're going to grow exponentially. I don't think that's how it works. Just, uh, it personally. works to a degree, right? I think yeah, I agree sure. with partially part what you're saying. So if you influx that scene with money, then more yeah. people are going to want to be competitive in that region technically. But the issue is globally, we don't really have that many new players anyway coming in. So that's, yeah. it's kind of a, a lose-lose in some respects. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear from uh, your perspective about that. Anything else, Sindarin, on this topic? Oh, I was also just thinking, like, do the thought experiment. Let's say we put a million dollars in South America for every 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 season, right? Okay, I just want to say and... sorry to South American. You're <laughs> nothing against I mean, South America. They're a good example. Was... Yeah, the same no, for CIS I, to sorry. some degree, right? I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it's unfair. Like, if you put on just objective glasses here i don't think it's unfair to say that overall across the last five years south america has been the weakest region i don't think that's unfair there's success stories that are awesome like uh top eight finishes at majors which are great right Uh, i think they got a top eight finish at ti um yeah i think so yeah they did yeah Um, which was amazing it's really good results regardless of which region you're from from top eight is a great result in general that's 
you're one of the best players in the world and the best teams. So, um, but outside of that, like the reason we're using South America as an example is just to put it on edge, right? So let's yeah. just as a thought experiment, let's say we threw $1 million per season into South America and everything else stayed the same. I don't mm-hmm. think like just the money itself will make the region just magically get so strong that it can compete with the rest of the world. The main factor that drives the skill is how good opposition do you face? That is always going to be like, how good is your training? And Mm -hmm. unless like, that's where you both have a point because over time, if really strong Western teams move to South America and played there for a while over time, the competition there gets fierce because the training opponents, they have a really good. So now suddenly, okay, we're getting destroyed in scrims. You learn things, you get better. Uh, But short term, your entire scene just gets trashed, right? Like for the first season or two or three, that can be super demotivating. It can cause like strife where the local teams are like, man, this is so unfair. You know, we have our own scene. We have our own players we want highlighted and shown at international events. They'll get to play. So So I want to pause you you there. Are you thinking about the Korean uh, move that a lot of teams move there for the league? And then then, for instance, the MVP came out of it kind of in a way. Um, I guess that's that one example of it happening. Uh, there's yeah. been stories in the past. I think there was... Wasn't there one Western team that played in South America for a season? Tinker? Uh, Zephyr? No, Zephyr was the Korea thing. Tinker wasn't it was... A team? I feel like... Oh, oh and was, what region? Was it just Misery? Misery? Was it just Misery, Misery that joined a South American team? Or was Misery it... Oh, yeah, both of them did. There was, some, there was something with some region okay. switching, right? Where you can imagine... You just take these super strong players and teams and move them to these regions. And like, even if you put in more money, does it really help? So I think, um, I think it's really important that the scale of the whole thing is relative to the strength of the scenes themselves. I think it's super good that all the regions get good prize money. I think it's really motivating for yeah. the South American scene. But at the same time, we can't treat that region as if it's Europe because it's mm-hmm. not. No. Like that's just. It's naive and it's unfair to Europe to say that. It's not even about being like, oh, you know, we're talking these guys up too much. You're talking Europe down if you're saying that that should be on the same level as that. So I I 100% agree with that concern. And I think there's a couple of solutions. One is that you make the regions give different DPC points. Like, let's say every region qualifies to the major, but a region is weighted higher because the competition is considered fiercer. And then you can change the numbers every season based on the results of the major. Let's say one major, four European teams get top six. Okay, Europe should be worth more points. The next qualifier. The other one is to say, okay, in the qualifiers, every region gets the same DPC points, but then the major is worth a lot more points than the the league is. Mm. Because then, sure, you can qualify out of any region, but when when push comes to shove, you didn't place top whatever in the major. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are two solutions I see. And honestly... Whichever one they do, it's just better than what we have right now. So something needs to needs to happen. Yeah, I agree. I'm pretty sure about that. I think right now, from the EU perspective, it I can totally understand why players hate it. Like it makes yeah. perfect because to actually compete and have a better chance at place getting higher DPC points and prize pool, you are incentivized to move to South America or CIS or where whatever region is. And we saw I talked about Team Tinker. I think they were mostly EU and they came to NA. Yes. And they failed to qualify for TI. <laughs> so what kind of effect does that have? Like, was that a positive effect on the NA scene? Because the NA scene has gotten stronger since then. It might not be related to that specifically because a bunch of teams kind of did that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see, like, an, uh, to look at some data to suggest whether that is better overall or not for a long-term period of time. Because I can only assume. I just don't know if we have enough examples. That's the thing. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. It's hard yeah. to. Uh... Even with. One, five, ten examples. It's just not enough, you know. Like it's hard to say for sure. So it's kind of speculation. Yeah. 
So another thing that came out this week, uh, which is perfect timing for us, uh, since we weren't sure we we're going to have a podcast or not, the Do Proda, Dota Pro Do Proda, uh, the DPC <laughs> uh, bids for both majors and regional leagues have been released in terms of the information, and I want to discuss with these guys because this is very interesting. So <clears throat> just to give you guys a rundown, the majors, as we were alluding to last week, were, are 500K. Tournament organizers have to put down 250, and which Valve will match the rest. So that not too big of a uh, surprise. Majors require three days in a setting with a public attendance. You have to have English, Russian, Chinese, Spanish, and Portuguese, which is really cool. Does definitely I love makes that it part. makes it harder on tournament organizers, but I think it's good overall. You have to. They even have details on. You need to upload stuff to YouTube uh, x amount of days oh. after the conclusion of the tournament. Uh, so they're accepting proposals, but this one is the least interesting one. I want to talk to you guys about the regional leagues. So the same thing is being applied to regional leagues. Organizers have to put in $140,000 per season, and then Valve will match it. So we talked again last time, 280k for these regional leagues. Who the fuck is going to pay $140,000 for, not to pick on South America... <laughs> But South America. <laughs> You're picking on South America. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of this? Yeah. You, like, what happens when they don't get enough bids? Because I, there's no way you have so many leagues every year. That's a crazy amount of money. So I, I just want to clarify, what is a regional league? So regional league, I'm trying to remember off the, my memory now, six is weeks, the right? six week season essentially, and the top X amount go to uh, the majors. And okay, you have, and that's uh, the DPC points and everything. It's six right. weeks of you're paying for six weeks, one hundred forty k. Yeah, the tournament organizers, okay. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's for each region. Yeah. So I mean, arguably, I think so. Yeah, South America is obviously kind of a problem, right? Because we don't like you don't know what companies have the money and the willingness to spend it. But at the same time, Dota is actually really big in South America. So I think when South America gets its own league, yeah, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of traction. And I think when you're selling to sponsors, having a six-week league with guaranteed content and regular match times mm -hmm. is really appealing to companies because they're like, we can target our audience, we can get the time slot we want, and we know we're getting this many hours or games or whatever. In contrast to, let's say, a major where, I mean, you kind of know how long it is, but it's just, it's a totally different ballpark with how many hours it is shown, right? Like a major is pretty short and compact compared to a six-week league. And on top of that, you're only paying half. So I think the leagues are actually a pretty good deal. Uh, it's just, again, the concern is, okay, can South America fund this? I think in every other region, it's a no-brainer. There's going to be tons of bids. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think even with NSA, there's, <laughs> I think there's going to be a good amount of yeah. people. I, I sure. see an appeal uh, for so organizers well. there. So You guys think money grows on trees? I, hmm. I don't know how you get... Uh, I mean, okay. I want no, to believe it, what you're saying. Okay, I mm -hmm. really do. Dota is not easy to find sponsors for. It is not. But and at the same time, Dota also hasn't had this structure. I think right. this is yeah. part of what makes it hard to sponsor Dota think, is that you don't have this guaranteed amount of content over think, a long period uh, of time. So I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty easy to see as well that CS:GO changed this format and it's worked well for them and their sponsors. They're getting more consistent and. Uh, this uh, consistent flow of games, like Sinner said, is more appealing to sponsors, at least in the Counter-Strike scene. So I don't see why why it wouldn't be so like that. For I'm looking Dota at it well. from 
the organizer standpoint where you have all this information, all this data from however many years and seeing how much money you can put into the scene that would make sense for you to make your money back. You have zero sample size for this structure. Mm -hmm. You're right. In theory, right. it sounds good, but they're bidding right now, months, like half a year ahead of this actual scheduled time. So can they find that money? I'm skeptical, but I would love to be wrong on this. I'm just very skeptical about finding sponsors in Dota in general. I would be. I very much agree that uh, like time frame is super important for this, and that's also why I think Valve has done something very extraordinary for themselves with giving this much notice on the schedule. Right? They've put hard dates. They've put hard schedules, and I think you can maintain those hard dates and hard schedules, and then change the point system. So they can. Like, if this production is being sold to sponsors, I don't really think the sponsors care what the point system is. They care what are the match times, who's playing, yeah, who's going to watch. That I'm, right? worried, I'm worried about. So. They're already trying to sell it as a finished product, and I think most people would agree it's a good concept, but it's not a finished product. So this is where I hope Valve will bend a bit and will actually change it despite the fact that they're already selling it, if you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. you said you they think... won't care, but I hope they will, like, I don't know. Well, do, you, do, you think they should change the, do you think they should change schedule or just the point system? Because you could maintain the, the exact system. same schedule. Yeah, but you could keep the schedule, right? So the, Yeah, of the, course. So if you do that and then change the point schedule, I still think you can sell the tournament in its current form, right? Like where you're I, like, yeah, you go to sponsors, but, you're like, we have these match times, we have this many teams, where there's this much air time. That could remain a constant. And then yeah. in two months, it's like, okay, SA gets more or less points or whatever majors give more or less points. Yeah, I, let's hope I the people think... that pay for that tournament uh, or are I don't or, know I mean, the regional or uh, if they care about that. Uh, I'm just wondering as well. I don't know if you guys have information on it. You pay for it. Does that mean they have exclusive rights to streaming for it, or how does it work? So that was something we didn't know either, right? Yeah, they. I don't have the page up right now. We talked about this a lot on the podcast last time for the DPC in general. The I believe mm. the lower division. It's free yes. for all. But that doesn't really yes. matter for most purposes. Nobody really wants to cast those games. No offense. Yeah. Uh, and then the upper division, it said studio production. But yeah, they were very vague. So that's the big question mm. mark. We have no idea what the rules are. Yeah. So yeah. Still waiting for that. So we'll see. Okay. So that brings the regular portion of the podcast to an end. We will end with trivia now. You guys. Oh, I'm boy. excited. Are you guys ready? For <laughs> this ready. is what I've been waiting for the entire time. Just because no. <laughs> I've been looking I've been like speed reading trivia on the side here meanwhile good good <laughs> none All of right, it will Gork, be relevant we'll start with you <laughs> we'll start with you Gork yeah. how did Cinder come up with his nickname it's a type of pasta I don't know <laughs> <laughs> the nickname, how am I the, supposed how am I supposed to know that these ones the might word be is hard almost the same <laughs> the word is almost the same in Swedish is the sinner kind of like uh, he's a sinner you know, a bad boy. Uh, not quite. Sander, you, you, you'll have to clarify on this one. Right. I think the best, the best translation of it is the a culprit, right? I think you can yeah, also yeah, say okay. it in the same way in Swedish, right? Like, yeah, but you say it kind of means the sinner in Swedish, but yeah, it has both meanings in Danish too. It means both, okay. but it is meant to be the culprit, not. So, are you a, are you a bad boy sinner? Is that I'm what you're such saying? A bad boy. No, yeah, because that's okay. the other meaning. It's not the bad boy meaning. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear that now. That's all I can think about: sinner and the bad boy. That's fine. He yeah. said pasta, Shannon. That's an L. That okay. Is okay. That. Pasta is not That is a no. Point. I'm sorry, Gork. You get zero points for that. Cinderin. Yeah. This one might be a little easier. Depending how did on Gork how well come you up know. with his nickname? He slammed his face on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> how did Gork come up with his nickname? Is it actually? Yes. Oh, God. 
You don't know this? Oh, no, I actually don't. I, well, I the only know. reason I know this is because <laughs> I got it off of Wikipedia. So uh, I haven't. Like, if no this idea. is even accurate, I assume it is. You don't watch my stream enough, then. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna guess it has something to do with Orc, but that's that's all I've got. I mean, it's close. I mean, it has something know. to do with World of Warcraft, at least. Go ahead. Uh, he gets zero points. It's too late. Yeah, of course. He okay. stumbled. It's too obscure. It's done. Are you gonna say it or me? No, you go ahead. No, so it's. So I played Tarn, female warrior in War- World of Warcraft, and my name was uh, Gorg Cow, Gorgeous Cow. So it's just uh, shortened from that. Wow, Gorgeous okay. Cow. Yeah, you gorgeous weren't gonna cow. get that one. No, I was <laughs> yeah. definitely. Ah, oh, man, I should have known. Yeah, Gorgeous Cow. It was right there in front of me. <laughs> I mean, I. I sh- <laughs> I should have known a bad boy was staring right at me as well. I, 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 I missed that, that one too. I didn't get that. Yeah. All right, it's Gork. Okay. Gorgeous cow. Yeah. You played Dota I'm 1. Never this might be the same weekend. <laughs> this I might mean, be very trust easy me, it goes, for you. This goes both ways. <laughs> this one might be way too easy for you, but uh, oh boy. Cinderins gonna, might be very so hard as well. So nice. be happy about that. Okay. There yeah. was an ancient neutral camp in original yeah. Dota that is not in the current game. What ability did these camps have? I do have multiple choice. Do you need the multiple okay. choice? Okay. Yes. I don't remember. The... <clears throat> is it A, lifesteal, B, evasion, C, mana burn, D, silence? Ancient Ooh. neutral camp in original Dota yeah, yeah. that is not in Dota 2. I have a feeling it's evasion for some reason. I'm going to go with evasion. Correct. Okay, yeah, bonus like these... points for what was the camp called? Is that my question, Shannon? No, I don't even know that oh. they were called. It's like some dragon, dragon off, drag, I don't know. Do you know? Well, well, there were two, Do you know? right? So I think the current... They're like lizardy dragon thingies? We had the dragon yeah. spawn. The dragon spawn had evasion, <laughs> but there was also the jungle stalker camp, right? The jungle stalkers jungle had stalker. no special effects. They were just strong, I think. I don't remember. Or maybe that. they had the evasion. I think the evasion was on the dragonkin. I could swear the dragonkin had evasion. They were like yeah. blue dragons drag. with like glaives, right? They had like these glaive-like swords. I was waiting <laughs> for them to put these in the game before they put the prowlers. And yeah, I thought they would. Like if you eat it with Doom or take it over with Chen, you get like a little evasion aura. I thought that would be kind of cool, but hmm. not to me, it that. seems. Cinderin! I don't know right. if this is really hard or... I think this is really hard. I wouldn't have gotten this. Okay. The original Night Stalker in Dota was based off what WC3 character. Also, what ability did he have that he no longer does? That one's the hard one. Well, it was based off... Oh, which one of the Dreadlords? <laughs> oh. Uh, what was he called? Was it based off Malganus? Maybe I have okay, my because I okay, it has a specific name. Shit, what spell did he have? Can I guess after? Yes, I he had the old Night Stalker had an ulti that gave him insane move speed and attack speed. It was like an aura, I think. That's not what I found. I don't, so this is before this is like 5.8 something. So this is before, like, I started like two. There was a Night Stalker at some point that had like this. Busted ulti, which was an aura with moving attack speed. I'm pretty sure right. it was that. You get he zero points, but I will admit this was a very hard one. Gork, you can try. Was it Balnazar or Varimathras? Any of the two? I don't remember. I'm just naming dreadlords here. So No? Okay. I maybe did not do enough research on this, I will admit. Uh, I have a very generic name. It's not like a specific uh, Okay. Oh, name. no. So I have Void Demon. Does that ring any bells? What? 
that was the name of the hero, but the model was never called Void Demon. There's nothing in Warcraft 3 called Void Demon. But that no, was the name no. of Nightstalker was Void Demon. And then okay. he had that ulti with the insane aura. And I think the so, model was either Melganis <clears throat> or Belnazar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So his ability, the first I never even knew this was a thing. I just looked at trivia for this. Uh, it was called Thirst for Blood. He had lifesteal mm. that only worked at night. Very interesting. I think I even have memories of that, honestly. <laughs> feel like it's there somewhere. Do you remember the aura, Gorg? Does it sound familiar to Yeah, th that does sound familiar to he me. He got like that aura under him that looked like the endurance aura you would have with Drum in Dota. Yeah. In Dota 1. And then yeah, but it only worked at night or something. super fucking fast. Like, busted yeah. hero. I think. Mm. Ah, fuck. It's been, it's been so long, I guess. All right, final question. So I'm going to ask you guys each respective... Uh, okay, well, let's just start. Gork, is what is Cinderin's... Is it a speed Cinderin's... question? Does it be fast? No, no, no. Okay. It's not a speed question. Gork, what is Cinderin's least successful yes. hero? So the criteria okay. for this is lowest yeah. win rate with minimum Hum of 100 games. And I'll give you a multiple 100 choice. 100 games. Okay, nice. And then once once we find out the answer, uh, Cinderin will have to tell us uh, why he's so why? bad at the hero. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. again, lowest win rate with a minimum of 100 games. Is it A, yeah. <clears throat> Storm Spirit, B, Pudge, C, Ricky, or D, Phantom Assassin? Dude, I would no, give him a hint, but he's leading, so I'm not going to give him a hint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Phantom Assassin. Correct. Very Wait, that's, good. That's correct. Yes. I should have asked Cinder. What I, he I feel like it, one, right? for some reason, <laughs> Wait, I feel what? like it was a curveball. It was actually the simplest hero. I didn't. Think, I didn't. I genuinely. My hint was gonna be: there's only one of these heroes I have more than 100 games on, and I thought that Nobody was. Nobody didn't mislead me. No. I thought that was Pudge. That was, so, it was either Pudge or PA. I'm looking it up right now. What's my so PA? So Cinderin game? has exactly 100 games played with PA, 41% nice. win rate. So why do you suck so much at PA? 41. Shan, I'm, lo I'm looking it up right now. There's two buttons PA. on the hero, Cinderin. Why? You're <laughs> actually right. I have exactly 100 games on PA. Technically, there's so three hard? now. You can hit... Yeah, uh, but now. But there, there was two. True. At least 90 of those games, true. probably. Cinderin, we need to hear I, your defense. Genuinely, do your teammates okay. suck? Huh? No, when it? stuff like this gets pointed out, it's actually really, it's really interesting. Because for me, for a long time, I consider this one of my best carry heroes. Right? <laughs> and it's funny how okay. sometimes like your perception can be so far away from from reality with things like that. There's also <laughs> heroes where I'm like, ah, I'm not that good with it. And then I look at my stats, I'm like, holy shit, I actually have 60% win rate over 150 games. Okay, I guess something is going right, right? Like when the sample size is that big, it does tell something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess all in all, the more I think about it, I think my teammates are just bad. That's got to yeah. be it, right? Uh, I just had a lot of bad games when I was PA. Man, I'm right. on fire with my guesses. Yeah, yeah. Gork has I already, already won, lost. by the way. <clears throat> but we'll finish off with uh, Cinderin's last okay. question. What is Gork right, least, Gork's least successful hero? A, Lena. B, Rubik. C, Meepo. D, Tiny. Okay, I think there's only two of those heroes he has over 100 games on. And that's Lena and Tiny. I'm pretty sure about that. Okay. And... He primarily likes playing carry, but when he has to play mid, he plays Lena, and it probably has really mixed results. I'm gonna go with Lena. As the Gork, do you know the answer to this? This is uh, Lena, I think. Too. <laughs> yes, you are correct. It was Lena. 106 games played, 44.34% win rate. Ooh, what is than your my defense? Win rate on That's a good one. 
What is your defense? Uh, I mean, sometimes you got to support, you know, like uh, support, uh, lose. No, I don't know. I, I, I actually don't respect it. I don't even respect the hero a lot. I think it, it kills, it owns, and then it dies like twice because it has like a thousand HP and then it's done, you know? Yeah, that's my problem with PA too. I kind of own, but then the hero is just not very good. I, pl- I yeah. specifically played, I exclusively played PA in a patch that it was really bad, Shannon. That's why. Oh. I played in like the worst PA patch. Same, and I was same. like, this hero is really bad. I'm going to play it. That was a good excuse, them. I didn't think of this at the time, but I'm going to look it up right now. Uh, Bonus question for both of you. Let's go. And it will not have multiple choice, but what hero is my least successful with 100 games played? And you're not giving us choices. There's 100,000 heroes. I can give you... Give me the letter it starts with. I'll give you multiple choice. Okay, so we have Viper, Pudge, Dragon Knight or Spirit Breaker? I'm going to go with Dragon Knight. You can pick whatever you want, Sindran. I'm going to take Spirit Breaker. I think you're just fucking face rolling in and you're just both, way over aggressive. Both of you are incorrect. This one's actually oh. quite embarrassing. It is my most played hero, <laughs> is my least successful, and that what? is Pudge. 280 games played, 44.64% win rate. I love playing yeah. this hero, but my God, am I bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, oh, that's a rough that's one. That's great. That makes me quite sad. Anyway. When the most played is the least win rate, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is not a good, not a good combination. Uh, Gork, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, buddy. Where can people find you? Hey, it was fun. Uh, twitch.tv slash gork and uh, twitter gork is also fun gorgeous cow remember it is spelled g-o-r-g-c as in gorgeous yeah. cow that's right yes gork c some people say gork or gorgic in russian Sindarin, yeah. have you seen in bruges um not yet no have you ever heard of that movie uh i've gork? seen it and what's your verdict what do you what do you think well, some people say it's the greatest movie ever, but I say those people are wrong. I think it's an okay slash good movie. I knew oh, you. I you love it probably. Oh, the way you're leading on, well, I'm sorry. Oh, but of course. Wait, one. I to watched 10. a lot of movies. I think one it's number. Okay. One number. Seven point four. Yeah, that's okay. I'll take oh, that's it. That's really specific. He looked that up on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> oh, Rotten Tomatoes, like I have an internal Come on, come on. Oh damn. See, Gork's very cultured. I've been. Cinder hasn't watched this movie. I've been asking him for okay, almost a Sam. year now. So. What would you rather have? That a person has not watched the movie or that they have watched it and thought it was mediocre? You're hmm. asking me? No, or Shannon. Oh, yeah, I Shannon. guess okay. never watching it. Ignorance is bliss, right. as they say. So there we are. <laughs> so you'd rather Gork hadn't watched it. I mean, Gork. he gave it a better than mediocre. Thanks story, for ruining so. the, the, the episode, Gork. In <laughs> Bruges is the best. Okay, it's not the best movie ever. It's, it's one of my favorites, though. Okay. Well, it's the best, then. Uh, ooh. <laughs> I'm dragging this one on forever. Huh? <laughs> well, my favorite movie of all time is not, I don't think it's the best movie ever. It's Garden State. I love that movie. I love Matrix. I love Interstellar. In Bruges top five. And I can't remember what else. Maybe American Beauty. Sindarin? Like Pulp Fiction. That's my- the only uh, movie he's seen. Oh, it's so he's overrated. He's seen like 10 dude. movies. If I had to pick it. It's so overrated. Pulp Fiction. Apart from that, I, I, like, uh, I like a lot of like epic adventure stuff. I like Lord of the Rings, especially the first one. I thought it was really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That one to me stands out, like the whole construction of the universe and stuff. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. What about you, Gork? I like those. 
No, I, I also I also think uh, Lord of the Rings. What well, uh, the third movie? Uh, and the sec the third one, I think I like the most. Honestly, uh, it's really good conclusion to the story. Now, but I have a couple others. But yeah, I have an entire list. I don't want to drag you on. I've watched no, a lot I, of movies. I need to hear something that is not a typical answer. So Lord of the Rings is a typical answer. All right. If you don't like besides Lord of the Rings, the you're a answer. disgusting human being. Yeah, yeah so besides all the typical else. answers of like uh, Shawshank, Fight Club, and all these, mm-hmm. uh, I think I like uh, the Justin Timberlake movie In Time a lot. That one is what the f- yeah. <laughs> uh, you asked for it. Yeah, there you go. There you go, dude. <laughs> all right, why? I need to hear why you like this movie. I just think it's. I just it has it all, dude. It has Justin Timberlake. It has gambling. Like <laughs> there's there's time and love. There's futuristic. I got this all the dude, themes I like. This dude. is the best fucking end to the episode that I. I couldn't even imagine this could have been anything. <laughs> in Bruce is mediocre, and a really good movie is Justin Timberlake. <laughs> in time, you didn't help dude. yourself dude, out with credibility on the movie. You can't go. You can't go wrong with JT, dude. There's no way. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. God be with everyone. Uh, Gork, thanks again for coming on, buddy. Good luck with everything in your future. Sindarin, I guess I'll see you next week. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. 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 We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah.